Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Lots of good things going on around here. Uh, every single day we have devotions on YouTube. I hope that you'll check us out. Six o'clock on, on our YouTube site. It's uh, from the shepherd to the sheep. And there'll be lots of new things happening. I want you to keep your eye on it. On the way out, pick up your copy. It's an advanced copy of the August Acts and Facts put out by the creation people. And there is an article in here, Why Don't Raindrops Bomb Butterfly Wings? Now, that's, that's not something I've spent two seconds in my life thinking about. But when you, when you mention that, you know, raindrops fall at 22 miles an hour on average. And they come pretty hard and fast. Uh, how many of you ever played baseball? How many of you ever caught one high and inside? Yeah, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour. About the same thing. Would a, would a fast pitch take you down? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And under what man logically would consider to be reasonable circumstances, those poor little butterflies would be blown apart. But God has created them in such a way their wings are not affected that way. And I want you to read it. And there are many, many other good articles in here. Articles about creationism, how that that is, that's the... That's the the right thing to believe, first of all, but it's also the smart thing to believe. And then there are articles on faith in here. You can pick one up on the way out. They're absolutely free. Thank you so much. And for those of you who've been dropping by and dropping off your tithes and your special offerings, we are still receiving those and very, very thankful. Some drop them off, some bring them, some drop them in the offering plate, some mail them in. And either way, we want to thank you for being so very faithful in this important area to support the work of God. How many of you believe that we've been going through some real trials all around us? Come on, raise your hands. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Listen, doesn't matter where you are on the sociological or the political spectrum. Things are tough out there. They're rough. Economically and other ways. And, and it's just, you know, it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek Him. Absolutely. I've got a wonderful letter here from uh, our missionaries in Italy, missionaries to the military, Brother Chris and Luann War, and uh, they were here stateside for a while because of his dad's illness, so they, they came, in, and because then COVID hit, they, they didn't get back to Italy for a while, but while he was here, he was, Brother War was sending uh, some online ministry back to his church. In Italy, that makes sense. That's what we're doing. We're online and we've got a greater presence than ever before. And uh, his dad wanted to know about it. His dad was raised in another religion, not like ours, not a Bible-believing religion, one where they just tell you stuff and it's whatever the church tells you. And uh, that's not right, but that's the way he was raised. And he's up in years and he wanted to know what was going on with this that Brother War was doing online. And Brother War explained it and helped him to go online. And at the end of when Brother War is teaching and preaching, he does like we do. He gives the plan of salvation, lays it out. Brother War does that. Amen. That's what our missionaries ought to do. Amen. Amen. So preachers everywhere ought to do. Amen. Amen. And, and so later on, he's talking. Brother War is talking to his dad. Now, keep in mind, his dad was raised and spent his lifetime in a religion that told him what to believe, not based on the Bible. And he was hearing his son give information about the new birth, about how to be a Christian, how to live the Christian life. And guess what his dad told Brother War? 
I prayed for the past 36 years that my father would be born again. <clears throat> After many of my Sunday sermons, I would go through step by step. In April, my father told me that he had been born again, that he had prayed after that sermon, trusting Jesus and Jesus alone to take him to heaven. Amen. Come on now. Amen. You know, even though I'm sad about the bad things that happened with COVID, I'm glad about that. That's a good thing. There are so many blessings. Do you know how many people have found this broadcast? Do you know how many people are being influenced for heaven? You know, I'm sure that the devil would like to think that he has won, but he hasn't won. And I know where he's going. Come on now. When, when the devil tries to remind you of your past, you remind the devil of his future. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Got another missionary letter. And this is in regard to things going on around us. Our Lord's return is close. How close? How close? How close? Many people that you've spoken with and asked that, when you mention the Lord's soon return, they respond with, I know the Lord's return is near, but I hope it isn't anytime soon. Here's my problem. This is Richard Redock, who was missionary for years to Wales, now retired. He says, Why would you even think for a moment, I hope it isn't anytime soon when you got heaven to look forward to. Amen. Well, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. And I'm glad I know that I know that I've been born again. And I'm glad I know where I'm going. And I'm glad that I can share it. And that during these difficult times, it's better and better. And there are more and more open doors than ever before to share the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of things have been suspended. A lot of schedules have been set aside. But soul winning, sharing Christ has never been set aside. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hold your Bible up with me, would you please? Hold your Bible up. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. If you believe it, say that. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe there are no mistakes in it. I believe there are no mistakes in it. And God helping me, and God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. I'm going to try to obey it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've told you this before. One of my favorite groups, I've got a lot of favorite groups, so I can't say there's just one, but one of my all-time favorite groups over the span of the last 30 years or so has been Greater Vision. And Greater Vision has had some changes in personnel, but their songwriter, the tall, bald guy that stands in the middle, Rodney Griffin. He has written more songs than, well, more than I have, but he's written a lot of songs, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of songs, wonderful songs, some that are in our hymnal. He's a, a great songwriter. But the beautiful thing about Greater Vision, when they give a concert, they don't just come to sing. They come and they share the gospel, and, uh, and one or several of them will preach, and there'll be an invitation. And uh, afterwards, they'll pray with people about their special needs. And that's good. We believe in doing that too. We'll be glad to pray with you about whatever your needs are. And one time, you know, as people were coming up, they were asking for prayer for somebody that had cancer, somebody else that was sick and so forth. And a fellow came up to Rodney Griffin and he tells this story. He says, and he said, would you pray about my hearing? And he said, sure. And so automatically when he heard that, he said, I'm going to speak up. So he said, I'll pray with you right now. 
He put his hand on him and said, Now, Lord, help this man with his hearing. He needs an intervention from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Brother Rodney believes that God sometimes answers later, sometimes sooner, but he wanted to check out and he said, So, how's your hearing now? The man looked at him real strange and he said, My hearing is a week from Tuesday at the municipal court. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? That, that, that's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> Get all kinds. They come here like that, too. Over the years, I've been in court with a lot of people. And uh, so, anyway, there are things to pray about in that regard, too. And uh, some of the folks that come, and they come all spiffied up. You know, they come to church. They walk the aisle. They get saved, baptized, and then they ask me to go to court with them on Monday morning. But, uh, you know, how that is. You've seen a lot of courtroom scenes on television, and perhaps you are a Perry Mason fan or a Matlock fan or something like that. But my visits to court are not nearly so glamorous as that. Where I've been to court with people, there are broken hearts. When I've been to court with people, there are broken lives. When I've been to court with people, there are broken people. And I'm very, very thankful that there is a God in heaven who one day when we appear before Him, if we've turned it all over to the Lord, He takes care of the justice end of it. When it comes to us, that's not what we need, not justice. What we need is mercy. And praise the Lord for that. I think about it's kind of like when you go to the photographer and get your picture taken. And they say, does that photo do you justice? And you say, I'm sorry, it's not justice I want when it comes to a photograph. It's mercy I want. Well, that's the same thing in my life. It's not justice that I want. It's mercy that I want. Aren't you glad for the mercy of the Lord? Amen. The Bible says, how many have sinned? All have sinned. How many have come short of the glory of God? All have come short of the glory of God. That's right. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned everyone our own way. And the Lord hath laid on Jesus Christ the iniquity of us all. I'm going to talk to you today about something very, very important. Every single one of us will appear before the Lord, just as the Scripture says. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. What kind of account is it? I want you to mark this down. It will be a truthful account. You ever been in the presence of somebody that you knew they were lying? Sure. Ever see somebody on TV running for something and you knew what they were promising was a lie? Ever, ever try to do business with somebody and you found out later what they were saying to you was a lie? But you see, the Bible says, Yea, let God be true, and every man a liar. That doesn't mean you're a habitual liar. That doesn't mean that you're a pathological liar. It just means that we are subject to telling untruths. God cannot lie. Why? Because if He could, He wouldn't be God. You say, well, I thought God could do everything. God cannot and will not do anything contrary to His character, to His attributes. And truth is one of His attributes. He is true. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, when you go to court on earth, you're 
You're going to see somebody say, do you promise to tell, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I don't know if they still say, so help me God, or if they still have you put your hand on the Bible. I don't know if that's changed, but, but you can do that. And I believe that when people say they're going to tell the truth, they probably can tell the truth. I hope that they will tell the truth, but I don't know if they're telling the truth. When God says something in His Word, I know. I K-N-O-W. I know what God says is the truth. And when we stand before Him, there is this arrangement. Nobody is going to lie to God when we're in His presence. We're going to speak the truth. There's going to be no lie in His presence. No one is going to say, no, no, I didn't do that. Uh, somebody got the record wrong. No, 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 that's, a, that's some other fellow that looks like me. That's not me. That's a, that's a mistaken identity situation. No, 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 no. It's not going to work that way. Being in the very presence of God will require that we tell the truth. Now, for some folks on earth, that may be one of the first times ever. But we need to be prepared to give a truthful account. I'm talking about there was a day when your mom and your dad brought you into this world and you began to live and there was a time maybe you were four or five or six but you began to understand the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. I think for me it was somewhere around four years of age. I began to understand. I can remember, I can recall things that happened at four years of age. Not too many people can remember two. Some can remember three. But in four Four years of age, that's pretty common, five, six, and so forth. Some of you can't remember yesterday, but you know what I'm saying. I have, I have memories of when I was very, very young. And I remember, I remember coming in the house, four years of age, and uh, a fire truck had gone by. And I came in, and I, I called for my mom, and she came over. Now, my mom has always thought I was perfect. She has lived this life under delusion all this time, thinking I was a perfect little boy, perfect little kid. She thinks I'm perfect today. I love my mother. She's 103. But uh, anyway, I came in and I said, Mama, 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 there's a fire truck that went by. There's a fire out there. And she said, oh, was it a bad fire? Now, at that point in time, I'm thinking to myself, now, do I want to say something bad? Do I want to say something? So I said, no, it was a good fire. <laughs> Typical four-year-old. It was a good fire. And my mom still thinks that's cute. I'm going to have to speak the truth when I stand in the presence of the Lord. And so are you. It will be a truthful account. From the time that I've known right from wrong, good from evil, until the time I stand in His presence, I will give an account of myself to Him. See, now how is it possible that everybody will give an account to God? There are how many? Seven, eight billion people on the earth and perhaps that many have lived prior to us and all those people give an account to God. Why? How many eons of time is that going to take? God is not limited by time. And you may have seen something like this that Hollywood has put out, but it doesn't matter because Hollywood's phony and God's the real deal. And here's what could happen. God could just very easily freeze everything else. And it's just you and Him. It's just me and God. Everything else just frozen 
in what would be the equivalent of time until he's done with us. Whoa. How many of you that makes your hair stand up? Come on. How many of that kind of bothers you? It ought to bother you. Say, oh, but I'm saved. I'm saved by grace. I don't have anything to worry about. You live a perfect life? You got nothing to answer for? Come on now. Listen to me. Every one of us, we ought to have some concern. Not about our eternal de destiny if we've been saved by grace, but we ought to be concerned about that giving the account part. Don't just go along flippantly in life, born-again Christian, and think that you can do any old thing, say any old thing, uh, have any kind of attitude you want to, and that's going to be it. That's not going to be it. We're going to give account of ourselves to God. What we've done in this body, particularly since we've been saved, since we've had that new life, that new birth, we're going to give an account to God. You don't hear much preaching like that now because preachers are more interested in getting a crowd than they are telling the truth. A truthful account is what's going to be told. Number two, it's going to be a testimony. It's going to be a personal account. One time I was down preaching. I've told you about this. I was down in... Uh, West L.A., and we were going from storefront church to storefront church, and I was going in there, and they'd go all day on Sunday. And some of them are small little cracker boxes, and some are big, some are big old halls have been turned into church. And I got in one place, and they asked me to come in. Didn't know me from Adam, asked me to come down front, asked me to sit on the platform. Preacher leaned over and said, you're a preacher of the gospel? I said, I am. He says, uh, you, you got some good words, you preach for us. Did not know me from Adam and had me preach. Turned out that church, that church building was built on an old dance floor where B.B. King used to play. So I got to, I got to preach where B.B. used to play. And, uh, and I, preached, uh, I preached for him and, and we had a good time and everything. The name of that church was Testimonial something or other, something or other, something or other. Couldn't fit it on a bumper sticker, church. Testimonial. And I asked him about that name. I said, why is it testimonial, blah, 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 the church? And he said, because, brother, every one of us is going to have to stand before God and give account of himself. That's it. It's personal. I'm not going to answer for you. You're not going to answer for me. We're going to answer for ourselves. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me, boys and girls. Listen to me, adults. Everything from the time we've had a consciousness of what's right and wrong until the end, we're going to give account of ourselves to God. Praise the Lord, the sin debt has been paid, but we're still going to give account. We're still going to have to answer. God is a God of order. He wants us to keep it neat and orderly. He wants us to keep it right. He wants us to do right. He wants us to live right. He gives us the grace and the wherewithal so that we can live a life that's pleasing to Him. But He wants us to do right, and so we need to keep account. We're going to give account. So, oh, but I don't have very good memory. I believe it's all going to be restored. And whether He freezes us in time or however He's going to individually, we're, it's all going to be covered. Preachers used to stand up and say, and someday at the judgment there's going to be a big screen and Aunt Tilly and Aunt Martha are going to be down here and every bad, nasty thought you ever had, every wicked, lustful, terrible, you know, sinful thought you ever had is going to be shown up on the screen and you're going to be embarrassed. And there's nothing in the Bible that says that. Nothing says that. You and I should be embarrassed about every wicked and sinful thought because it's between us and the Lord. Not because Aunt Tilly and Aunt Martha are going to see it.
Because it's between us and a holy God. It's between us and a Savior who paid it all. It's between us and a Lord who has given us the wherewithal to live victoriously day by day. Now I know I'm a sinner and I know I sin every day and I'm not proud of that. But I need to get to the point where when I get up in the morning I give it to God. And during the day I need to keep on giving it to God. And every single day I need to be yielded to the direction of the Spirit of God. So that when I stand before Him someday and give account of myself, it won't be such a long ordeal. Number three, it'll be a telling account. Because it'll be from God's perspective and not from ours. The things that'll be coming out of my mouth that I'll be saying, I'm giving account of my life, the direction of my life. I believe God's going to be interested in things like this. On July the 26th, you sat in a church service in Central Baptist Church. Now listen, all of a sudden, it comes clear. And there was a preacher standing up there and he was talking about getting right with God. And when he was preaching, you minimized the importance of being right with God. Do you remember that? Do you remember when the invitation was given? He offered the opportunity for people to come forward and get right with God. For people to make life-changing decisions. And you don't perhaps realize it until just now, but that was the Spirit of God, my Spirit, that was speaking to your heart about taking a sharp right turn in your life. And you said, oh, I can do that anytime. I've, I've felt this way before. I can do that anytime. Do you remember that? It was on July the 26th, 2020. You sat in that church service in Central Baptist Church. Do you remember that? Yes, I, you know, you give an account. Yes, I was there. I had a lot on my mind. There was... There was there was all kinds of things going on in the world then. All kinds of things going on in my world. I, I had bills to pay. I had responsibilities and I was kind of distracted. You see, we're going to give account about opportunities that we had to take that turn, to make that change, to go that direction, to do right. See, preacher, now you're bringing it right down on our level. I hope so. I hope so. Because what he's going to say to me is, preacher... On July 26, you stood in that pulpit and you had an opportunity to say some things plainly to some people that I got there to hear you preach my words and you left this out and left that out. You didn't say it plainly while you tried to coddle them, while you just tried to make them feel good instead of making them know the truth. That's what I'm going to hear. Praise the Lord, I can say right now, up to this point in this message, I'm not going to hear that because I've been telling it like it is. It's a telling account. God's perspective, not ours. How it was behind the scenes. If you've ever been to a production, now we, we go occasionally to Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania. That's a Christian uh, theatrical presentation. And so they have, they have themes like Moses and Noah and Jesus Christ and so forth. And you see theatrical presentations perfectly acceptable. It's good for the family. And, and we've enjoyed it every time we've gone. They also have a production called Behind the Scenes. Are you aware of that? I think you can get it online, if I'm not mistaken. And it shows all these, how they move everything around, how they get the scenery into place, and so on and so forth. When we stand before God, not only are we going to be reviewing this date, sitting in this service, and every other thing that affected us, or could have affected us for God and for good, but not only that, we're going to see what was going on behind the scenes. How God was moving. 
You know that thing that was going on that you were upset about? Things didn't go exactly your way on the job or with the family or whatever. You know that thing that was going on? That was the Lord moving behind the scenes to bring this and this together so that God's will, His perfect will might be done. God can do that because He knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And He brings it all together and He can move things from across the world to this place and to that place and put it all together according to His perfect will that He might be glorified. We've seen it again and again. It happened this week, sweetie. It happened this week. It happened this week. Somebody texted me about a ministerial thing that needed to be helped in another place. And it just so happened I was talking to another person and God is bringing those individuals together and it was a God thing. It was a God thing. What's going on behind the scenes? That's what God is going to show us as we give a very telling account. A truthful account, a testimonial, a telling account. Of what? Of what? You've heard this before. Of our time. We need to live circumspectly. We need to live with our eyes all around. We need to redeem the time because the days are evil. It says so in Ephesians chapter 5. We're living in those kinds of perilous times that Paul wrote to Timothy about. You can't take anything for granted. You need to trust the Lord. We need to be on the same page with Almighty God. And we need to give account of our time to God. People talk about tithing their money. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but not for a long period of time. I'm not going to lean on that very long. But why don't we tithe our time? Why don't we show our respect and honor for Almighty God by at least tithing our time? In church attendance, Bible reading, in service for the Lord. Why don't we do that? There's our time. We're going to give an account for our talent. There are abilities why represented right here. Uh, you talk about a, a rich congregation. We're a rich congregation. Not so much in money, though you're very faithful, but we're rich in talent and ability. And do you know that God never expects us to do His work simply in the witness and the energy of the flesh? Do you know that every single one of us, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit, God the third person of the Trinity, imparts to us at least one spiritual gift, and in some cases multiple gifts, and those are to be developed, discovered, developed, and used for the glory of God in His service? Right here, we've got all this talent, all this ability, all this skill, all this experience, but all these believers who have within them a yet undiscovered, undeveloped gift imparted by the Holy Spirit. Say, preacher, today I want to know what it is. You ought to want to know it before you die. You ought to want to know it before you can't, you know, serve with all your might. Y'all want to know what that is. We're going to give account to God when we stand before Him. Think about that thing where everything's frozen. Now that's just, you know, that's not, I didn't read that out of the Bible. I just suggested that. And there you are giving the long account of such, such a date and the time and the talent and the tithe. Malachi said it real plainly. You know how plainly he said it? Will a man rob God? Question. 
Unthinkable, isn't it? Robbing God. The word for rob is different from steal. Did you know that? If you're not home, and I break in your window, and I go in your house and I take your valuables, I burglarized, I stole, but I didn't rob you. If I break your window and go in there, and you're there, and I say, stick them up, and I take it, I robbed you. Now that can be in your home, that can be in the, in the alleyway. By the way, I'm not in that line of work, so you don't have to worry about that. Will a man rob God? Stick him up! Whoa, isn't that brash? Yet, Malachi says, we've robbed him in tithes and offerings. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you've got business to do with God, better take care of it today. Why? Because there's coming a day when each and every one of us will stand before Him and give account of ourself, of our time, our talent, our tithe. Yes, we will. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking. How many of you today would say, Preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart. Put your hand up high. Let me see it right now. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Put your hands down. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to consider coming forward, kneeling down or sitting on the front row and having a word of prayer. It may be just between you and God. Nobody else. That's all right. No one's going to interfere with you when the music starts to play on the invitation. I want you to make your way down here and say, Lord, here it is. I know I'm going to stand before you. I got some business to settle with you. I got some things to take care of right now. Lord, help me. Help me. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my past. Forgive me for that. But Lord, also help me today and in the future as well. I want to live the kind of life that's pleasing by your grace and for your glory. All right, so I'm going to encourage folks from all around the auditorium, many hands were raised, to come forward and have a word of prayer on the first hymn, the first verse of this hymn that we're going to sing. Let me say this. If you are saved and you know it for sure, it's because at some time in your life, as you look back, look back as you can and come back forward this direction, all right, in your mind, in your, in your mind's eye, can you picture, can you envision, can you remember when somebody explained salvation this way? That we're all sinners, we need a Savior, Jesus is that Savior. You trust Him, He takes care of the debt, He pays it in full for sins past, present, and future. As far as salvation is concerned, it's all cared for when you trust Him as your Savior. You have to call upon Him and ask Him into your heart and life. If you can remember a time and a place when you did that, that's good. But if you can't, then this needs to be your time. So I'm inviting you right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed to pray silently from your heart to God and mean business. Here it is. Here's what you pray. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die and take me to heaven when I die. Now keep every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm the only one observing. 
If you just prayed that prayer, sir or ma'am, boy or girl, and you meant it, would you slip your hand up so I can see it right now? Put your hand up. God bless you. Yeah.